Hello, this is Zach Cherian. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast today. We are really excited to bring you this teaching. Please open your heart, and if you can, your Bibles, and receive this word from the Lord, recorded live at Brazen Grace Fellowship. Praise God. You all ready for the word, church? All right, let's do it. Everybody loves to fellowship in Brazen Grace. It's beautiful. Y'all doing good today? Yes, sir. Family, we love you. We're praying God's blessings on you every day. Praying God increase you every day. Praying God's favor on you every day. Amen. You are so blessed. Did you know that? Yes. I said you are so blessed. Amen. You're too blessed to be stressed. Amen. So don't be stressed. Yes, Hebrews chapter 10, sir. Blessed by the best. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10. Let's get into the word of God. I'm going to start here real quickly as I continue what we started last week. The sermon title didn't come to me until Friday night when we were in the middle of worship. And all of a sudden this weird stuff just started happening. And I was like, when two worlds collide. I like that. Don't you love Jamima and her amazing designs? Can you tell what I love about that picture? Tell me. What do I love about that picture? Those two worlds. They're what? Identical. Someone said it. They're kissing. <laughs> I call it the kiss of heaven. <laughs> Don't you love that? When the two worlds collide. Whenever you talk about the two worlds, people are going to come into church ready for a sermon on spiritual warfare. Well, this ain't one of them. Amen? Amen? I'd rather live in the victory Jesus gave me than spend the rest of my life battling. Amen. The only battle you got to do is get your mind out of the way so you can finally live in everything that Jesus has already paid for you and not let the devil walk around beating you just because you don't know who you are. Hello? Yes. Say, I'm victorious. I'm victorious. Hebrews chapter 10, let's start at verse number 11. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 11. Just to give you context to what's really going on in the kingdom. So I want you all to come ready to receive, ready to learn, ready to grow. We're going to go in this step by step, little by little, okay? And I really believe God's going God's to pour into your life because this church does not need to be taught who you are. Alright? Because you know who you are and what Jesus has already done for you. Amen? What I want to teach you is how to manifest who you are. I don't have to teach you that you're already healed because He already healed you 2,000 years ago. I don't have to teach you that you need to be delivered because He's already delivered you 2,000 years ago. How do you walk in the manifestation of the deliverance? That's how we've got to learn. This whole series is not just about heaven and earth. And, and, and heaven and earth is beautiful, but really what the series is about is you. Learning to live in the awareness of heaven while on the earth. Amen? When you read Genesis chapter 1, it basically starts off with these words. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And you get a clue that most people never have taught you all your life. You thought heaven is where God lives. Come on. That's, where you were, that's what you were taught. And then one day the revelation dawned on me, God don't need a home. Right? God doesn't need a home. 
I mean, God finds some strange places to live in. I'm looking at some. God finds some real weird looking things to live in. Right? So God is not limited by place, space, time. Heaven is not God's home. I believe heaven and earth were created simultaneously. Simon, who is Simon and why are you in my head? Simultaneously. Simultaneously. I promise I speak English. Thank you, come again. I believe heaven and earth were created simultaneously to coexist. And God has set man to be the conduit through which heaven is manifest on the earth. When man fell in the garden, that connection between heaven and earth was broken. And so now God, the man, Jesus, comes to become that centerpiece that joins heaven and earth. And then he says, now the kingdom is within you. The kingdom is now within you. We used to sing this song when we were kids, the old Bob Fitz song. Remember that? Oh, oh, oh. Three of you know that song. Well, we've been singing that song. We never knew what it meant. All of heaven is placed within you. Now, for us to understand how to manifest who we are on the earth, we have to understand who we are already in heaven. And I believe that the key to manifesting who we are is found in truly understanding the substitutionary work of Jesus on the cross. Please hear me. You're like, man, that's some big words. I promise it's not really big. It's actually the most liberating words you've ever heard. That basically means this. Rather than you dying on the cross, Jesus died on the cross. Rather than you taking and paying the punishment for your sin, Jesus took the punishment for your sin as you. He was your substitute. So whenever you feel like you deserve something for something you did, remember Jesus already paid for it. Where does grace kick in? Grace kicks in when you realize Jesus didn't deserve it. You did. Jesus took what you deserved and in return gave you what he deserves. Okay? That's the power of the substitutionary work of Jesus. Jesus took what you deserve. Punishment, death, guilt, Shame. All of that was placed upon him on the cross, including going into hell. He took what you deserve so you could live in what he deserves. Now come down to verse number 11 in Hebrews chapter 10 as we read this so I can show you what's going on. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. For those of you that have an affinity with thinking that your repentance is what forgives you, read verse number 11, which can never take away sins. 
Your repentance is not what forgives you. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that forgives you. Hallelujah. It is really important that we understand that my forgiveness, my repentance, my life is sealed in Christ. I haven't gotten to that part, but it's really important because there's all this discussion and all this argument and all this fight going on all over about, about confessing of sin. My question to you is this, when you are sick, do you confess that you are sick? What do you confess? And that's okay? But when you mess up and you're feeling sinful, you can't confess I'm already forgiven. You see the hypocrisy of how people attack that thing? The truth of this of the matter is this. If Jesus paid for it, then walk like it's already done. Every day be a manifestation of it is finished. It is finished. It is finished. Every day I'm a manifestation of it is finished. Say it, I'm a manifestation of it is finished. Your ability to repent is not what forgives you. And really to bring some context to the word repent, the word repent really means to change your mind. Hello? I love what somebody put on Facebook the other day. Beautiful. Beautiful. He said, he said this. He said, do you know God repented in the Old Testament? Does that mean God sinned? No, it means he just changed his mind. And every priest stands ministering, speaking of the Old Testament under the law, daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. Your sins are not taken away by your repeated confession or your repeated sacrifices. It's taken once and forever by the blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Come on now. Say that I'm forgiven forever. If this revelation would catch up to you, you would really live lives that are actually holy. Verse 12, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, sins, every sin you can imagine, forever sat down at the right hand of God. Sat down at the right hand of God. Is God the Father and Jesus one? Hello? Are Jesus and the Father one? You better believe it. In fact, Paul goes into extreme detail in the book of Ephesians to tell us that while he is the firstborn, he is the one that created all things. The Father and Jesus are one. When you go to heaven, you're not going to see God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit sitting on either side. That's not how it works. They are one. They are three, but they are one. Jesus is in no way lesser than the Father. Hello? But yet the Bible says, He took a seat on the right hand of God. Come on now. Come on now. You want to know why he took that seat? Because he was taking it as us. <laughs> he was taking that seat as us. So that once and forever included in the divinity of God is man. Come on. Oh, y'all are real quiet on me today. 
Since I got you all pepped up and shouting last week, I thought, let me teach this week. But if it hits your spirit, you better jump. But this man, let's read that together, ready? But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. Number one, he sat down meaning whatever he needed to do was over. There is no more forgiving of sins that Jesus needs to do. He forgave sins once and forever and sat down. Church, are you listening to me? The ministry of Jesus when it comes to forgiveness of sins is over. It is already available to mankind. Now it's not God that is forgiving you. It is you that is appropriating the forgiveness that is already paid for by the blood of Jesus. Ooh, that's good stuff. Come on. And from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. 14. I can stay on 13 and preach a long time, but that's not my sermon for today. But it's coming, I promise you. For by one offering, he has perfected until you sin the next time. For by one offering has he perfected until you confess. Can I have that in the Amplified, Staffa? Verse 14 in the Amplified. For those of you who are like me that have Amplified in your Bible already. This is what it says. For by a single offering, he has forever completely cleansed and perfected those who are consecrated and made holy. Should I go there, Lord? Because this is the problem that's happening in the Grace Church. We're kind of trying to define what we believe and what we don't believe. The word consecrated there is the word sanctified. The word sanctified. In the New King James, you notice it says those who are being sanctified, except it's not in the original. The original in the King James and in the Amplified says those who are consecrated and those who are made holy. Now I understand people say, well, then my lifestyle isn't catching up to who I am. I get that. I get that. But your mind catching up to who you are is not the process of sanctification. The process of sanctification was complete in Jesus. I am now conforming to what Jesus has already done. My mind is being renewed to the fact that I am already sanctified. And then my lifestyle follows hand in hand. Sanctification, I used to say, was a process. But I realized, 1 Corinthians says, For he became my sanctification. Sanctification is not a process, it's a person. And the more intimate you are with the person, the more you manifest your already sanctified self. Let me ask you this question. In heaven, are you getting sanctified? Oh, now the elevator went up really fast for some of you. In heaven, are you slowly getting sanctified? Because Jesus still got to repent for some of his sins. Jesus still got slain on that the cross was good, but a few things that you all didn't think of kind of tagged along onto him. No, he is sanctified. Who you are is who Jesus is. 
Does Jesus have a little cancer left on him? No. Or just a little allergy maybe? Because no. they didn't have that back in the old days apparently. No. He is completely whole, right? So is he completely sanctified? So are you completely sanctified? Well then let your mind catch up to what is. But don't tell me that I am being sanctified. We got to let the Bible define the Bible. We, We can't let theologians do that. And we need them. I'm not against them. But we got to let the Bible define the Bible. For by one offering, He has forever completely cleansed. Here's the truth. When you, when Jesus went up to heaven and sat down, He could sit down not because there was something left for Him to do. He sat down because He finished it all. You weren't placed into Christ later. You were already in Him. So when he died, you died. When he paid for sin, you paid for sin. When he took sickness on his body, you took sickness on his body. But when he rose again free from sin, so did you. When he rose again free from sickness, so did you. And when he sat down, so did you. Ooh. Who am I? Look up into heaven and find out. What am I? Look at Jesus. For now there is a substitute that stands in your place. You didn't go get seated later. You sat with him. Say that I am seated with him. Now read this. For by one offering he has forever completely cleansed and perfected those who are consecrated and made holy. If you don't like to mess up your Bible, don't do this. But if it's, well, you were like me, just underline that, man. This is the covenant I will make with them in those days. Verse 16. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will write them. And their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. No more. Stop reminding God of things that He has chosen to forget. Hello? Say, God sat down. Can I go to Ephesians 2? Are you learning something today? It's good stuff. Bible says work out your salvation. Amen? Listen to me. It says what? Work out your salvation. So if your lifestyle doesn't conform to being saved, does that mean you're not saved? No. You just got to learn to work out your salvation. Why? Because the salvation that you are or you have has been worked in by God and now you have to work out what God has already worked in. May I put that in the context of sanctification? Work out your sanctification, which God has already sanctified within you. Is this making sense? Can I, can I tell you all doctrine is really important, church? 
It's not, it's not, oh, I just believe whatever. No, you got to know what you believe. I don't come up here and blab this because someone thinks I followed some preacher over there. I'm telling you what some of the leaders in the grace movement disagree with by proving it to you from the scriptures. So we're not just blabbing out there whatever we hear on TV. We go and study this, people. We get into the Word. Get your mind and your eyes in the Word. Get yourself in the Word. You're learning. Everybody still love me. But on social media still love me, I hope. Verse 4. But God who is rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. You see that? Put that in the context of what you just read in Hebrews 10, yeah? He made us alive where? With Christ, together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Now verse 6. And raised up together and made us sit together. Meaning what? When Jesus rose up, you rose up. Together. It happened together. How does this apply to me, preacher? This sounds really deep. Well, it applies to you because you'd stop living in that hell you're living in if you realize you're actually already seated in heaven. Mm. Don't zone out on me when I'm teaching the word. (laughs) And raised us up together and made us sit together. In the heavenly places. Where? In Christ Jesus. You are now seated with him in Christ Jesus. Where is your healing? In Christ Jesus. Jesus. Where is your forgiveness? In In fact, turn to Ephesians 4.32. I I gotta touch on this one. This is a song my little girls sing all the time. Be kind one to another. Tender hearted, forgiving one another. Even as Christ in even as God in Christ, how's it go, Priyanka? You're too shy to sing. Even as God in Christ has forgiven you. Ephesians 4.32. That's the song. 32. And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven you. Now here is a power. I've been singing this for so long. It's been so long. Let me ask you this question. Where is your forgiveness? Is it in you? Your forgiveness was in Christ. In fact, your forgiveness as a new covenant believer. This is not for the unbeliever folks. This is for those who are in Christ. If any man be, he is a... It's talking about believers. This is not for the whole everybody. No, I'm not one of those. This is in Christ. Amen? Amen. Your forgiveness is in Christ. It's not in you. It's not dependent on you. It is now in Christ. Whether you walk out your, your forgiveness is up to you. But the truth of the matter is that your forgiveness was in Christ. How do I say this without sounding sacrilegious? I got to behave myself because the stuff that the Holy Spirit puts in my mind, I can never say out publicly. Y'all will like get mad at me. It's almost like God forgave you in Christ. Jesus took your sin and paid for it forever. And then the blood was taken all the way up to the Holy of Holies and poured on. The lamb was examined and found pure. 
and then God once and forever has declared mankind forgiven. How do you appropriate it? In Christ. This is why we preach this message so passionately. Come in Christ. Come to Christ. Be reconciled. That's the message of salvation. It's already paid for. You are already forgiven. But you're going to live a, la- a life that is damned to hell because you are not in Christ. So therefore be reconciled. Come to Him. Oh, that's good. If you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can repeat this simple prayer with me right now, wherever you are. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you as I am and receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying for me. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is my Lord. I am yours forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today for this teaching. We would love to hear from you. You can write us at ZCIM PO Box 592675, San Antonio, Texas 78259. For more information on ZCIM, please visit us at zcim.org or on Facebook and Twitter at ZCIM Official. God bless you.